Are we? Uh, are we? Are we frithcasting then? Yeah. We've we've already we've started frithcasting. We have. We? we always start frithcasting before we're ready. You know that. We do, and that's that's why I'm still creaking. I'm I'm creaking my hands on my phone because I'm trying to hold it. Yeah. Um. You see, I don't want to put it down because if I put it down, I'll end up just 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 forgetting what I was going to say. Um. And, always a and, risk. And then it'll all sort of peter out. Um. Have you met Peter? I have lovely, not. Lovely chap. Um. <laughs> But uh, Mr. Out, Mr. It'll all, yes, Peter Out, yes, yes, mm. Lord Out, Lord Out, Lord Out. Oh, my mistake, <laughs> Sir Out. I'm not sure that's how lordships work. Is it? No, I don't think they do. I think you're supposed to be Lord of a place, aren't you? Um, he is his Lord of Out, probably. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's as, it's as good an explanation as any, I'd say. Um. Anyway, should we, should we... Do you want to get straight into it? No, dear. I've never been straight a day in my life. Well, all right. Do you want to get... <laughs> I don't know how to finish that sentence. <laughs> there are several... There are several directions I could take that sentence and none of them would be broadcastable. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them might get things thrown at me. <laughs> I've got, I've got creaky clothes on. I don't mean creaky. I mean rustly. Rustly. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. it's not going to show up too much on the recording. But oh, they're used to us by now. I'll just I'll turn up the fire, the the campfire effect. We can do that. And just just pretend it's part of the campfire effect. Yeah. So if you hear if you hear rustling, listeners, don't. It's not my clothes. It's the it's the campfire just being, um, uh, what's the word? Um, evocative. Evocative. Yeah, it's being evocative. I don't know quite how I'm going to explain the noise my creaky finger joints are making. Nobody knows what it means. It's evocative. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you like some music? Yeah, music goes here. Music goes here. All right. Do you want to? Um, is there anything you want to just just talk talk over while we while the music's playing? Well, you know how I mean, it's playing. You can do like DJ downtime if the music's playing. Then you can. Yeah. I don't know whether there's a, you know whether there's anything you want to kind of just you know last minute adjustments or anything. Or kind of, not no, to, I'm not to you. I meant to the show. The show. <laughs> what are we going to adjust in the show? We've been doing the same know. for like 142 episodes. I don't know. I thought maybe we could we could be all professional and. Make it like we planned this thing. <laughs> like we're ever gonna do that. Anyway, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm rather good, thank you very much. Hey, awesome. How are you? I'm rather good too. Thank goodness. For all those who can't understand British, that was a declaration of war. <laughs> Rather good. Yes. In British is absolutely tip top. Is it? Yes. I did wonder why I was getting all those strange responses. If I was <clears throat> incandescently angry, for example, mm. uh, I would say I was. Um, I don't know, what would you say in British to, to to handle that? You'd say something like, you know, I'm I'm. Oh, disappointed. That's a good one. Oh. Oh. Oh, you oh. see. Oh. You, get, you get emails from your manager 
See, same... I, was, I was keeping this show on a level. You've just taken it right down to disappointed. I'm sorry, that is yeah. that is several levels. That is bad. I've yeah. had I've had so many emails from managers saying they're disappointed to find. Oh. Yeah. Well, they can it's, be disappointed. Yeah, well, they can. This is they our are, They're all in my past. <laughs> this is our campfire now. Indeed. We are the managers here. Oh. No? Too much? Yeah, too, too much. much. That's a very uncomfortable thought. Can we not? Okay, fair enough. Can Earl be the manager? Yeah, sure. Cool. I was just... I was just... I don't know. I got all power crazed for a minute there. That's I know. All. They're the idea. It happens to us city it types. It does. It's okay. You know? It's okay. We'll but, get you uh, a blanket and a piece of chocolate and you'll be all right. That sounds good. Yeah. I'm sure there should be a joke I could make about... There's no, like, chocolate varieties called Sith or anything, is there? Nope. Oh, that's a shame. I don't know. I mean, the, I, I felt there should be something there. But never mind. Anyway. Um, should we actually get round to, to introducing ourselves? Let's do that. Okay. Hello. Would you like to stop? Sorry. Go ahead. <gasps> I've broke it, listeners. <laughs> I've busted it already. <laughs> We've only been on it for like five minutes. <laughs> Be right with you shortly. <laughs> Have a muffin. <laughs> Box of biscuits. <sighs> I know. Would you like some <clears throat> lovely apple juice? I don't know. I'm just <sighs> filling space. I'm just filling space. It's all good. I'd offer them polystyrene chips. They usually fill space quite well, but don't they're not it. as tasty. No, but cats really love to play with them. Oh, they do. They do. They go absolutely round the bend. So they do. Hello, lovely listeners. Hello. Welcome, 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 and welcome around the virtual campfire for episode 143 of Frithcast. Did you hear how many welcomes you got? That's how welcome you are, listeners. Proper welcome you are. Yeah. 143? Yeah. Yeah, cool. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, once it gets into the big numbers, I'm narnered for figuring out anything above ten, really. Yeah, I mean, I can do tens. Tens was always one of the tables I could I could do quite easily when I was at school. They used to make you do multiplication tables, recite them. They did. Because I'm 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 <clears throat> what can I say? I'm old school, and I went to an old school, and they did things old school. They did. And I could do twos, and I could do tens. I could do fives. I could do fives if I thought about it. I could do nine if I had my fingers available. Yes. Although, to be honest, thinking about it now, I'm not sure I could remember quite how. No, I, I think I've got it. I think I've got it. But things like eights, sevens, sixes. I wasn't overly happy with fours. It took me ages to learn threes. I got there in the end. Yeah. They do funny things to threes. Elevens were all right. Yeah. At least until you got up to... 11, 10-11s, you could do those, but then the 11-11s, it got a bit more tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how to do that. That would be 1,111, wouldn't it? I don't know. Well, if 11 times 2 is 22. is 22, basically you're taking the 2 and you're putting it two of them next to each other. So if you do 11 times 11, then you end up with 1,111. You end up with poison ivy. Because you get 11 and an 11 and put them <coughs> together, you get four ones in a row. You get four ones in a row, you get IV, and that's poisonous. IV? Mm. Oh, no, not good. No, not good. Also, that's four. Yeah. I'm confused. Doesn't matter. It was... Well, if you've got four ones in a row, that's four. You write 
four in Roman numerals. It's IV. IV? A poison IV? Yes. I knew that. I knew you were just testing me. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was doing, I was, I was trying to keep the listeners in suspense. <clears throat> that was all it was about. Did you introduce yourself? Not yet. Would you like to? I, that would be jolly lovely. Okay. Hello, lovely listeners. I'm Suzanne Martin. <laughs> I'm a heathen with a head full of stuff. Yes, some of it's in there. Some of it's in there. <laughs> you have a lot of stuff that you know in your I head. Know. Well, I have a lot of stuff. I, some of it's in my head. And I'm Kate. I'm, um, I, I'm not a heathen and I don't have an awful lot of stuff in my head outside of Star Trek and, and Star Wars. Blackadder. And Doctor Who and Blackadder. And calculating orbits. I can calculate an orbit given time and a calculator. Yes, um, but I wouldn't put anything. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't y- use it for anything expensive. No. If I were you, okay. I certainly wouldn't use it for anything that's got people aboard. No, that would be bad. Maybe not yet. No, Kerbal. Kerbal, Kerbal. I can. I can. I can just. I can fling a Kerbal. <clears throat> you can. F- I can fling a Kerbal. Yeah. Yeah. Jebediah. Mm-hmm. He's away. Whoosh. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we are here to talk this evening. We are. Um, and usually we have a something that we want to talk about. Well, yeah. What is that tonight? I thought this evening I've managed to find two brain cells. I think they're <laughs> both mine and I can rub them together and make like friction and set fire to something. And I thought we'd talk about a rune. A rune? A rune today and I thought we'd talk about a rune that is colloquially known as the hot mess or the bag of ferrets. Colloquially known by anybody but you? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's on my mission to make it known as the hot mess rune. The hot mess rune. Um, It's not a rune for ferrets, although that would be something. It's it's just a bit of a hot mess. You could polecats. And pine martins. Yes. Which are both a different variety of footprint. Yes. As is a weasel. As is a weasel. And a stoat. And a stoat. And a ferret. And a ferret. And are otters. I don't know. They're kind of footprint looking. What are they anyway? Are they... They're like water... I was going to say annelids, but that's worms. Water footrits? Water footrits. Water footrits. I know. I want that now. <laughs> um... I want to say, I'm sure it was annelids, mustelids or something. Mustelids, I think. Mustelids, that that would be mice, wouldn't it? Or is that murids? No, I think they're murids because they're mice and rats. I think it's mustelid. I'm going to go for mustelid. Okay. If that's how you pronounce it. Oh. I don't know. Anyway, the point is, it's not ferrets. It's not ferrets. It's my, not a my, rune for ferrets. My first is in polecat, but not in ferret. Yes. My first is also in pine martin. But not in stoat. <laughs> I'm not doing this very well, am I? <laughs> no, but I'm really intrigued now as to where that's going. <laughs> I'm trying to work it out. Well, the problem is the rune is only the one letter, isn't it? It is so the it's one only, letter. So it's only the first. Yeah. So The that's... first is only the first at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a rune right from the middle of the Elder sequence, and it can be known as payoff or payoffthrow or Perthro, it depends on which translation you're looking at as to what it's called, but the name will be roughly something like that. So it's from, it's from the middle of the runic alphabet 
Yes. But it's from the front of Polecat. It is. And it's a bit of a hot mess. Indeed. Yes. So I thought we would talk about (laughs) the hot messness and see where that takes us. So the shape to start with, it's a bit odd. Mm -hmm. Most of the rooms are very simple in shape. They're just straight lines that stop at another straight line or one straight line that intersects a a first straight line. But this one is odd because it's got lines with kinks in them, bends in them. This is a... I always I was I was thinking about this as you were as you were talking there and 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 I was thinking the descriptions of runes how do you get it across I mean obviously we'll 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 put a link to 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 the image um uh, somewhere in the in the notes I'm sure um but I was thinking there should be you know in heraldry mm. there's like a um what they call a blazon okay and the blazon is the it's basically a written description of what the coat of arms or whatever looks like, mm. usually usually for a coat of arms, and or a flag, and it describes, and it uses these old, I think they're old, like mostly like old French words, mm. to describe. So heralds, the people who who design and maintain coats of arms and stuff, they can communicate these things to each other, and like somebody like down the line can take that written description and replicate that coat of arms. Yes. Um, and we should have the same thing for runes. <laughs> yeah, not that easy. That's also part of the hot messness. <clears throat> yes. But this one doesn't have a lot of variant shapes. And it kind of looks like the back end of a frog. Okay. Or it's the uh, a knocked over table or a vase. It's the P sound of a voiceless biblical stop. Uh, do that bit again, sorry. It goes per. Per. That's the per sound. Per. Per. Though. per. Papa. Yes. So, or polecat. Um, or it's usually translated or usually interpreted the shape of the rune is pictographic for a cup that is used to throw dice. Okay. In the act of the dice being thrown so the cup is on its, it's side. On its side. Okay. So it's one that can be read two ways because either the opening faces to the left or to the right when you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. You can see it. We've talked about the Kylva runestone before with its full inscription of Futhark. Yeah. Where it starts off beautifully uniform and then gradually kind of slides <laughs> off the line. Just falls off the end there. Just kind of uh, into the next line underneath and it kind of like the shape starts to vary a little bit and Payoth is in that rune row. Just tell me then, um, while we're on that, um, now I know that we've said previously, you've, you've told me that Runes can be written in various different ways. So they'll yeah. either go left to right <laughs> or right to left, or they'll go bastrophodon, which is where they might start out going left to right and then get to the next line and go right to left. Backwards. Backwards. Yeah. When they're doing the reverse line, do they reverse the symbols as well? No. They don't? No. Okay. That so must be keep, a fiend for... <laughs> you keep the symbols the right way round, <clears throat> but you reverse the words that you're spelling on the line. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it's a bit of a head mess. Have caffeine before attempting. <laughs> so. no, I was just wondering, so when we normally see payoff, then, is that what you call it, payoff? Yes. Um, we normally see it with the with a vertical line on the left side. Yeah, um, and the opening facing the right. Coming off the top of the left side, there's like a V, sh- uh, coming off the top of the vertical line, there's like a V shape yeah. hanging off the right-hand side of the top of the line. Yeah. And there's an inverted V at the bottom. Yeah. 
and they're they're pointing to the right. So that you've essentially got, as you say, the opening of the cup. Yes. Is pointing to the right. Yeah. Okay. So, you've got the back end of a frog. Blaze on. Yeah. Blaze on. Blaze on. Blaze on. Blaze off. <laughs> Johnny Storm is Storm. Oh. Wasn't he Sue Storms? He was Sue Storm's sister. No, he wasn't Sue Storm Storm's sister. He was the other one. Brother. Sue Storm's uncle. Brother. Brother. I'm fairly sure he was somebody Storm. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Susan Storm's brother, younger brother. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Storm. Johnny. It was Johnny. Blaze, blaze on. Yes. Blaze on. Yes. I was thinking of blaze on, blaze off. Oh, blaze on, blaze off. Yes. Blaze on, blaze off. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's in um, the Elder Futhark, but it's not in the younger ones. Okay. So. I didn't know that. The only. The younger one only has 16 runes, which makes it an absolute swine to write anything in it because you've only got 16 letters to play with. <laughs> so most people tend to do their writing in either the Elder Futhark, really common, or occasionally Anglo-Saxon, which has very many more letters, but the phonetic sounds change. The Anglo-Saxon's got 20... Is 20-something or 30-something? Does it, it break 30? 30-something. Yeah. Wow, OK. Yeah. 30-something. I knew it had a lot. <laughs> Whereas your Elder Futhark, 24. Yeah. So there's no verse... The rune poems, we've talked about them before. So there's no verse for this in the in the Norwegian or the Icelandic rune poem, but there is only the verse in the Anglo-Saxon rune poem. Okay. So we have one verse to base our entire understanding of this rune off. This is important later, lovely listeners... Please, you must watch these little points. You must watch these points. You must watch these points. So, of all the runes we've got, and the fact that we, modern oracular sets, tend to use the Elder Futhark runes with the Anglo-Saxon rune poem and then stop at the end of the Elder Futhark and don't do the extra ones, Yeah. this is the one that tends to have the most variation, which is... A little bit ironic when it comes to what we're going to talk about later on. Okay. Because... Sounds intriguing. <laughs> it's because of what's in the rune poem verse, or rather what's not in the rune poem verse. Right. So... You're all content... cryptic this evening, I know, I'm doing my best! <laughs> so it's not content with only giving us one verse to study from and nothing else to compare it to. There's a line missing from the original poem, and it's bang smack in the middle of the verse. I thought they only had three lines, don't they have? Yeah. They only have three lines for each rune, don't they? Yeah. So, like, 33% of the description is missing, and it's the 33% in the middle? Yeah. Excellent. Depending on which translation you look at, you'll either find very short lines per rune, or you'll find them, like, a phrase and then a comma and another phrase, and then a phrase and a comma and another phrase... So it kind of breaks up, and commonly each side of the comma you'll find a different alliteration going on. Okay. The original poem, if I remember rightly, payoff because each verse starts with the name of the rune, yeah. is a source of recreation and amusement to the great. Okay. Where warriors sit blithely together in the banqueting hall. Right. That's what we've got, and there's a line missing out the middle. So, do it again, sorry. So the first bit was... Payoth is a source of recreation and amusement to the great. Okay, so that's the first line. That's the first line. And then, then there's you one get missing. Blank, blank, blankety, blank, 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 where warriors sit blithely together in the banqueting hall. 
God, it's like the underpants gnomes, isn't it? It is the underpants gnomes <laughs> in runes. And it depends on where you put the line breaks in the translation. Yeah. But most translations that arrive at <clears throat> two lines for this verse rather than the usual three. Right. And But we know there was another there should have been another line there. Well, yeah, to match the rest of the entire poem yeah. has got a particular form. Yeah, and this is a this is an outlier. This has got This rune hiccups. Right. And yeah, behold the hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> so Lots of people have taken a run-up at what on earth we've got these two lines and then we've got a missing line. So this is why this particular rune out of the whole of them has more variation in how people understand it, especially in the modern rune books. Yeah. You'll find that most <clears throat> authors will have a stab at what it is, what it means. Right. So it could be a game or a dice cup, and it tends to be... Dice cup tends to be where most people will go for. Yeah. Game of chance can be the other variation. You've got things like it's beer. Okay. And like, that's great, but everything else in the rune poem is either a personal characteristic... Yeah. ...or a phenomenon in nature or part of society, and beer isn't really something that fits that pattern. Beer can be a personal characteristic. I know! Okay, fine. So it could be the casting of lots or chance or the well of weird itself. Okay. Um, one author in the 80s, a very long time ago, even looked at rearranging the line of where warriors sit blithely together in the banqueting hall to where women sit blithely together in the birthing hall and got a completely different, like, way left field... That escalated quickly, kind of like, where did that even come was, from? Was there a... I mean, what was the basis for that? I mean, I'm not... Oh, I think not... Box of Frogs was probably the basis for that. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, there wasn't... I, I mean, think I... translating the words that way and changing the gender of them, like going from warriors sitting in the banqueting hall to women sitting in the birthing hall, is a very, very different... That that's like way off the mark for I the accepted translation. I, I can I can I mean I can sort of imagine how you might. I mean I, I'm not a linguist. I don't. I'm, I've never had an, an affinity for languages particularly. I can do English pretty well, but that's about it. I can understand how in some languages you might readily translate man as woman or vice versa. But how do you make banqueting into birthing? I don't know. <clears throat> because to me, that sounds like somebody's decided, oh, we'll change the gender of the first word. And then they've gone, oh, well, then in that case, they wouldn't be in the banqueting hall because women belong... In a birthing you know, I'm, hall. I'm, I'm, it, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm suspicious of this person's motivations. I, I'm equally as suspicious. Mm. However, it's, it kind of serves to illustrate there's a lot of variation. Yeah in how this one is interpreted, whereas for the majority of the other runes, they're very, very straight down the middle, equally exactly the same interpretations for everyone. This rune, you get a whole manner of different things. And for some reason, I'm now thinking of, what was his name? Uh, Daniel Jackson? Yeah. Um, Translating in, Stargate. In, 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 in Stargate and throwing, <laughs> yeah. throwing mighty shade at that. Yes. Um, Translate, well, this word is wrong. And how did you get that one in just but rewriting that? Didn't he in the film? Yeah, James Spader. James Spader being magnificent. Just a little bit. Um, wasn't he actually um, 
taunting a real life Egyptologist? Do you know I don't know? Because <laughs> I'm sure I thought he was taunting like a military translator that had gone in and tried to. I'm sure I'm, I'm to maybe getting my scenes confused, but I'm sure he mentioned. Is it Budge? Somebody Budge? Was there yeah, a... Budge was an Egyptologist. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he gets a, a name check in that film. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and watch. Yeah. Oh no, I've Sorry. got to go back and watch James Spader. <laughs> oh, the hardship. That was um, uh, Stargate. Yes. The, the the original film before the uh, before the series got started. Yes. Yeah. So most modern books will gloss over the fact that the source material missing, mm. or they'll just go for the straight the dice cup option. Yeah. And not look at any of the others, or not critically evaluate the theories behind any of the others. Right. And so it's a bit of a hot mess. It's yeah. It's certainly sounding that way. It's a bit of a hot mess. So. When I was saying in the beginning, it's kind of like it's what's in the rune poem or rather what isn't in the rune poem. Yeah. This is what I was meaning. It's what isn't in the rune poem. That's why we get this big, wide variation in what this understanding is. Yeah. And because we don't know the full thing, it tends to be understood as chance, a dice cup, fate sometimes. Okay. Well of weird, that weird, we've talked about weird before, that connection, uh, that thread that is us that runs through a larger tapestry that interweaves and goes over and under certain events and crosses other threads. I always get confused between... Because I... Weird, as you know, um, weird in to me means something very different. Yes. Um, possibly related, um, but much more... Um, much more linked to the, 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 the sort of English meaning of the word than the Norse. Yeah. Um, obviously, the English came evolved from Norse, but took on sort of some, a rather different sense. Um, but I always get confused in, in thinking about the Norse concepts between weird and orlog. Mm. One of them is the whole tapestry. The shared weird, yes. Yeah. And one of them is the individual thread. Your weird is your shared, it, it, your weird is your individual <clears throat> thread. Okay. Your orlog is the, the thread that you may choose to weave with others. So if you're stood with a kindred, yeah. you have a shared orlog between that group. Okay. What one member of that group does affects all the members of that group. You see, I should not be confused by this because of Dree Weird. Yes. Which is... Um, Your weird Dree it. Indeed. Yes. Um, which is a Scots term for basically... Um, basically accept your fate or, or, or uh, yes. grasp the thistle, I should say. Or whatever. Fight or avoid the field. Fight or avoid the field. Um... Basically, yeah, it's it, it, it's a sort of a uh, stuff's going to happen, and you can either front up to it and 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 go go with it, you know, shouting, mm. or you can uh, you know try to avoid it, but that doesn't usually work very well. It's yeah, it reminds me of the scene in the Count of Monte Cristo mm -hmm. when the Count's son has been kidnapped. Yeah, and he's yelling at his kidnappers, you know. My father will pay my ransom, and they're there going, oh, yes, of course he will. He's a very rich man. And he yells, in, this 16-year-old lad in the sewers of Venice yells at his kidnappers, do your worst. Hmm. And the Count of Monte Cristo, of course, rescues the boy from the caves, returns him to his father. And the boy then in, invites him to the estate. Yeah. And on the young lad's birthday speech... The Count of Monte Cristo then stands and says, you know, I saw this young man's character yeah. in the sewers when he was faced with 
personal peril. He looked straight into the faces of his kidnappers and told them, do your worst. And he says to the young lad whose birthday it is, Albert, and says to them, there will be many storms in your life, my friend. Do as you did then and yell at them, do your worst. Yeah. And it's that. It's that kind of feeling. But it's also, I don't know, it's kind of that Scottish understanding of you might as well face it head on mixed with determinism in this rune. And it's about how much of our actions are predetermined, Mm. how much agency we have. Yeah. What kind of, you know, are we a position that is static and events are moving around us or are we an active agent's part in that? in those events it's an evergreen topic it is and for me it's very much that i have agency Mm. i have a weird that in part i can control yeah i might not be able to control the the big warps and wefts and going up and under all of the the big threads yeah but i can control what i do coming up to those threads well at the risk of i mean at the risk of sounding like i'm trivializing the, the 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 issue uh but I, I, I mean, I've explained before on 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 this um, on previous previous episodes that we've done. I'm somebody who believes that wisdom is where you find it. Mm. So a lot of um, a lot of the things that make me think, and a lot of the things that I kind of find resonate with me, um, come from the culture that surrounds me, and that includes pop culture. Mm. Um, and it makes me think of Doctor Who. Yes. Where, um, for, for those of you who haven't seen it, I'm, I'm sure most of you will at least have heard of it, but um, it's, a, it's basically it's a um, very, very long-running BBC TV show about a time traveller, a time-travelling alien, yes. and their, their, their companions, human, usually, their usually human companions yeah. that they take along for adventures. Um, and they have this time machine that can go anywhere in space and time and they, they, they will go to you know, some point in history and where something's gone wrong and they'll have to fix it and mm. all that kind of thing. Um, but it's, it's occasionally made mention that there are certain events that cannot be changed. Mm. It's like space-time or the sequence of events is flexible to an extent. But then you get these nodes or hubs or whatever you want to call them mm. where things all focus onto one specific thing happening and it has to happen that way. And even if you've got a time machine, you can't go back and change yeah. it. Yeah, it's like tapestry points. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what this rune makes me think of. If I take a pair of dice and I put them in a dice cup, are the, is the outcome predestined before I've even picked up the cup to shake it? So that depends whether you're asking me or not. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it depends on who's looking. I get it! Yes, yeah. <laughs> I get it. But yeah, it's looking at... I mean, yeah, super determinism is something we've looked at before with regards to how we might understand weird in the modern day. Yeah, yeah. And how we interpret our own agency in the world. Mm. What kind of responsibility do we hold ourselves accountable for it's yeah i mean it the whole agency thing ties into what is often associated with um christianity or monotheistic faiths um but is the question of free will Mm. um and even a lot of buckle up lovely listeners (laughs) this is where it's getting fun (laughs) 
Um, so there are these these different ways of looking at. I mean, obviously, time is one of the biggest puzzles that humanity faces. We've we've got a few. Um, I mean, I say we. I'm you know this is obviously way over my. Uh, my my head, mathematically speaking, or, or or scientifically speaking, but there are problems that are vexing. Mm. Um, things like uh, why is consciousness? Oof. You know, I mean, this is one of the this is one of the big questions we have. I mean, we can see time, and we don't <clears> have to imbibe a lot of caffeine to do it. No, indeed, because you can put a piece of fruit out and watch it rot. Of course, we know it passes, and we can we and we can measure it not just. Not just by you know, cleverly cleverly building clockwork things, but you know we know it's there and we know it works and we know it passes. Yeah. We also know that it's bendy and you know anybody who does know Doctor Who will expect the timey wimey yes! wibbly wobbly timey wimey line. But any yeah, you, you stick it near a black hole and it bends. Exactly. Yeah. Time is affected by the curvature of space. Well, oh. the curvature of space time. That is mad though. <clears throat> because it's part of the structure. It's part of it's part of space-time. So do we know that for a certainty that it's part of the structure, or do we know that it's affected by? We we know it is all part of it. It is an integral dimension within the space-time. I want to say manifold. I'm, I may be just overreaching with what I what terminology I remember, but the structure of space-time mm. consists, at least in our everyday experience, of four dimensions: three spatial, one temporal. So you have one caffeine. One caffeine. <laughs> caffeine is the fifth dimension. Caffeine is the fifth dimension. <clears throat> so you have this. Um, you have this. This. This structure that we all live in. Um, we can move in three dimensions at will. So we but can is go. Is it us that's moving, or is it space that's moving? Well, <laughs> I don't know, Scotty. It depends how far ah! you're trying to trying to beam someone. Um, but no, we know that um, gravity right. affects the the curvature of space time, which not only makes things like things happen, like satellites moving curves around the Earth. That's just because they keep falling and they're not hitting anything. It is, but the reason they're the reason they're going around in a curve, the reason they're falling, is because space time is is curved and they're rolling down the curve. That is mad. In effect, or they're rolling down the slope. Um, but if they're always, they're not always going to do that path because you can't predetermine a path in physics for more than a few seconds. So how do you get a billion pound satellite to fall and not hit anything and keep doing it? You can as long as it's big enough. If if you're talking, oh, if you, you take a brick and you throw it and it flies. <laughs> Essentially, if you're talking, <laughs> if you if you start looking at things down at the quantum level where things are really, 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 really tiny. Then you start running into things like uncertainty and, and 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 all that kind of thing, but if you're talking about a big something big like a satellite, um, something in the in the in the big world that we can see and manipulate ourselves without you know particle accelerators and things, then it follows basic Newtonian rules. But within an within uh, the the space time as Einstein described it, so Newton said that things fall to the Earth yes. because of gravity. Einstein said, well, they don't fall to the Earth so much as they... It's the curvature of space-time that they basically roll down. So This is like a cheese down a hill, isn't it? It kind of is. So if you imagine... Chase the cheese! (laughs) If you imagine a satellite in orbit around the Earth, as far as the satellite is concerned, it's travelling in a straight line. It's just that space-time is curved. 
So tying that back to determinism. Right. So you have... um, We know that space-time does peculiar things. We know that it bends and we've observed... We have to... For example, when they put up um, satellites for uh, navigation systems, like GPS or the uh, Russian one, I think it's GLONASS, or the the European whatever it's called that's going up, glow stick, they have to adjust the clocks on the satellites. Yeah, because they do strange things when they're up there, don't they? They'll run faster or slower because they're up in space. I want to say faster. That means, like, your GPS is... Your signal from your GPS, your little phone says, where am I? and bounces it up to a satellite where the clock is in a different time zone and the GPS goes, oh, you're here at this time and then sends that signal back down to your phone calculating the speed and strength and curvature of the signal to get it back down to you. That is mad. The clocks on the satellites have to run because they're so high up. They're they're, they're not outside of Earth's gravity well because there isn't an outside as such, but they're much higher up in the Earth's gravity well. So their clocks have to run at a slightly, oh, very, very slightly different rate than clocks on the surface, because otherwise they'd go out of sync, because time up there is running at a different speed very slightly than time down here. So thinking about that in terms of how we determine where a life will go and whether that is all predetermined and whether we have an agency. Mm. So for me, I tend towards the deterministic Mm. and one of the like i say one of the big questions that's always come up in 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 in, always comes up in sort of faith circles and as a religious question is the matter of free will yes if we accept that the future is not written then we have choice we have agency we have free will we can make decisions we may not you know we may be limited by our circumstances as to what decisions we can make but we always have the ability to make decisions with whatever we have available at the time. So mm-hmm. we have that agency and we are the ones that get to decide which way we're going to go. Whereas if you take the deterministic route, you're, you would argue that you can still make decisions. It's not that you don't get to choose. It's just that whatever you choose is what you were always going to choose. And some people get very troubled by that because yeah, they, they like feel... Me. Well, they feel that it removes their free will and that free will becomes then just an illusion. It does. I mean, like, light on cave walls aside, Mm -hmm. then for me, I feel more comfortable with an understanding that I have agency in the majority of my life aside from those tapestry points, those node points where everything is drawn together into one set of specific circumstances where the threads cross or not or loop or whatever it is they're doing... But until I get to that point, I feel that I have free will to make choices, decisions, accept responsibility for the decisions I make up to those points. Mm. I, if you don't mind me running away one, one mm. more time, um, it always makes me think when we're, when we're discussing it in terms of weird and Orlog and the tapestry and so on, it always makes me think of Odin. Because Odin... Watch your big man. <laughs> <laughs> Evening, your lordship. <laughs> You're so much more polite than I am. <laughs> um, Odin knows what's going to happen. He does, and he gets very grumpy about and it. And he does get very grumpy about it. But it's interesting, he knows what's going to happen. He knows that the, 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 the battle is going to occur. Yeah. He knows exactly 
who is going to get hit by who. Yep. Who is going to be where when they get struck down. Yep. Who is going to, you know, how it's going to happen, who's going to do it, who's going to be wielding the sword or the axe or the wolf or whatever. Wielding the wolf. Yeah, well, you know. Um, <laughs> Pick up wolf by scruff of tail, so throw he, into battle. So he has all this knowledge. He does, and it makes him very grumpy. And it makes him very grumpy, and he knows that this is going to happen. Yes. And yet, he still spends all the intervening time building his army, he trying does. to make sure he's got, you know, sufficient Einheyar to, 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 to yeah, fight the battle. He does. And you might ask why? Because he knows what the future is going to bring. Why does he need to actually do stuff? Yeah. What's, what's he building the army for if he knows what the outcome is going to be? Does he feel like he can change it? Yeah. But the, I mean, the Havamal warns us against, we can know, it's good to know, mm-hmm. but it's not good to know too much. No. Because then we get very grumpy. Yes. And we focus on, if we go back to Odin, we're focusing on the fact that our son is going to die and not spending our remaining days with our son. Yeah. We're, we're trying, like, Frigga trying to, to find any other outcome yeah. to that. And like you were saying with the Scots saying, anything they did was taking them back to the path that they were trying to use to prevent it. That's right. So I think there are some big events like those things, like for Odin and Frigga, the death of a son, for the Ragnarok at the end, there are those fixed points. But for me... Surely not every wandering in Midgard was a fixed point. No, you wouldn't you wouldn't assume so. But the the question would be for me is um if when Odin got first obtained the knowledge of what was gonna happen. Yeah. And he first saw Ragnarok and he knew that his duty from then on, or his task, his burden from then on, was to assemble this great army mm. that would fight the giants and fight Loki, and fight the, mm. the the monsters that would would be arrayed against them, and lose. Yeah. So, does he, knowing that that's what's fated to happen, there are other things he could have done, surely. He could have said, well, if I don't build the army, if I just walk away, yeah. if I if I just, just, just go and find, you know, some, if I just go and walk Midgard <clears throat> for, for the rest of my days, um, and ignore the whole thing. Yeah. Then you know, it can't happen the way that I've foreseen it. Can you imagine seeing that vision for the first time? Mm. And seeing having the knowledge of the Ragnarok and seeing the people around you and seeing the person that you are blood oath to, according to the Locusena. Yeah. Who is, you know, maybe laughing, maybe taking the joke a little bit too far, maybe, you know, being a little bit extreme. Mm-hmm. But is somebody that you're very much close to if you've bonded to them as a blood brother, as yeah. an oath brother, and knowing that they will be on the leading of the opposition. Yeah. They will be on the opposing side to you in the final battle to come. And what that must have felt like to then sit with those people in the halls yeah. and see all of them and know exactly how they were going to die. Yeah. No wonder he got grumpy. Horrific. Yeah. Conversely, what if he negotiated with Freya? What if he said, this is what I've seen. This is what is going to happen. Our entire civilization, our world is going to be destroyed mm. unless we beat this army that's coming. So let's renegotiate our arrangement. I understand that I, as a representative of the 
Aesir, mm. you as a representative of the Vanir, we get to choose half and half from yeah. the dead. You choose first. However, we are both going to be wiped out if this happens. Yeah. So it's in your interest to let me have all the warriors. Yeah. He could have doubled the size of his army and but then he, gone out onto the field of Ragnarok and beaten the giants. But he chose not to. But he chose not to. And that's the point. Yeah. He exerted his free will, if he has free will. Or did he just kind of find himself caught up in determinism? Yeah, exactly. That's the question. As far as he's concerned, he may well have decided this is my duty. This is the way I've got to do things. I have to, you I have know, to follow what he's laid down. Yeah. The fates. He didn't try to defy the fates. He didn't try to, you know, um, and he easily could have done. He could have tried. Well, could have. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Lovely listeners. We're going to leave it there for tonight because those are some big thoughts. Mm. Remember, you can always go back and listen to these episodes again if we've zoomed off in a direction you're thinking, how on earth did we get from that point to this point to the other point? You kind of know we do random anyway. If you want to find us online (laughs) or alternatively, just come and count the stars above the virtual, virtual campfire. Yeah. You can find me. I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm on Facebook. And for now, I am on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans. <laughs> While Mr. Musk allows it. Well, yes. Um, Whilst I have made no plans otherwise at the moment. No, fair enough. Um, and if you want to find me, I am on Facebook uh, under Kate Coldwind. And largely thanks to um, lots of people talking uh, about the um, the onset of Mr. Musk. Yes. Um, I'm now on Mastodon. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. No, that's not. Mastodon, dun, dun. Um, you can find me, if you, if you are also on Mastodon, you can find me, uh, let me get this right, at Kate Coldwind, at mastodon.scott, as in Scott, as in Scott. As in Great Scott. As in, no, as in one T. S-C-O-T. Oh, okay. For Scotland. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, So, uh, yeah, if you want to uh, pop along there, that's where I am. And uh, if you're, while you're on Facebook, you can also find our um, our, our page at um, fb.com slash frithcastpod, where you can also find a link to our Facebook group and to the Discord server that we we mostly use, I think it's fair to say. Come on round the virtual, virtual campfire. We would love to see you there. Come and talk determinism free will tapestries it's all good you can just come and raid the biscuit tin and that would be grand too that would be absolutely fantastic there are always plenty of biscuits but uh if you don't mind leave them little pink wafery ones with the soft stuff in them because i really like those (laughs) lovely listeners we will talk to you all for the random reel which is two short weeks away wow Yeah, you're in for a ride. That's all we're going to (laughs) say. Buckle up, buttercups, because that random reel is is a thing of mad, twisted beauty, as per usual with our random reels. We hope so. So if you've never encountered a random reel before, the random reels are an episode we put out around about every Yule time to celebrate our birthday revolvement around the sun as a podcast. This year is our sixth year, and as usual, our random reel contains all the funniest funny bits that we took out of an episode that was seriously random and we kept in a bucket all year, and we've stuck them all together for you. We hope they're funny. Yeah. We kind of liked them. 
We did. But see what you think. See what you think. Lovely listeners, we will see you at the random reel in a couple of weeks. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.